Hello and welcome to the Muni Oral History Project, where we explore the stories and rich history of the Springfield Municipal Opera over the past 60 years. Stories from the people who have built, experienced, and performed what we'd like to refer to as Muni Magic. Sit back and relax and listen to these tales of Broadway under the stars. Well, this is Jacob Potty here with the Muni Story Oral History Project, and I have Dave Anderson here with me today. How are you doing, Dave? I'm good, Jacob. Well, so let's just get down to it. What was your first Muni experience, either on stage or in the audience? Well, I was my actual first Muni experience was in 1981, I believe, South Pacific. Um, I was in South Pacific in high school, and I was Lieutenant Cable, so... I wanted to see, uh, I'd really never heard about Muni until I kind of saw something about that. So I wanted to venture out there and, and see what it was like. And uh, it was it was, it was was a great experience. And I, I believe 1981, there was a South Pacific there, right? Is that the right year? Uh, it was 80, so close. It was 80, so yeah. I was close. Okay, yeah. so 80. Uh, and then Oklahoma was what year? That was the next year, 81. 81. Okay. So that, that makes sense. So then, um, so then um, I decided after watching South Pacific in 1980, that I would want to audition the, the following year um, thinking I was better than I really was actually. But um, so I auditioned um, um, in for, for Oklahoma in 1981. Um, and um, Betty Ward was the, was the director, Doug Hahn, uh, was the uh, uh, music and orchestra director, um, if I remember correctly. So um, that was the Oklahoma audition. Um, one thing I remember about it that I really wasn't prepared for was the uh, dance auditions. And you probably have heard that from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very nerve wracking with that. Plus, um, you know, then then getting up and, and doing your song and and doing some reading and it was, I, I did get cast, um, uh, as a farm hand and which was, it was, it was, it was a fun experience. Um, I must say that, um, in those days, and I don't know if people are still doing this, but I can remember, um, in Oklahoma, our Oklahoma got done usually at around 1130 at night, going home, showering and then going out to cast parties. And so <laughs> get home at three or three 30 after uh, cast parties, but that was a lot of fun. And, and from that show, I met a lot of people that, um, that uh, I, I, some of them I still see today. Others um, know, but Nancy Diefenbach uh, was Miss Lori. And then somebody who was in the cast that I went to um, Illinois Wesleyan with was Rich McCoy. And of course, oh. Rich McCoy is, has uh, directed a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. I assistant directed with Rich and with, for Greece, um, and probably uh, Joseph and the Amazing Sec Technicolor Dreamcoat the second time that, that Muni did it. Um, but yeah, so that from Oklahoma. Oh, another one was Pat Foster um, mm -hmm. was in was in Oklahoma, and, and that and uh, to this day I, I see him. My wife and I own the Corkscrew here in town, and so some of these people we see. Um, fairly often that just come in and, and, and shop and some uh, Nancy and Jim Diefenbach have been uh, good friends for a long time. So yeah, that's, that was the first meeting experience and first audition and what it led to after that. Okay. So just 
with that first audition, of course, that was back in the cattle call days. Were you intimidated by the 200, 300 people watching you? No, you know, not really. I mean, I was more intimidated by the four directors that were sitting there watching you. Um, I, I, I grew to love the cattle calls. I mean, it, there was so much entertainment that was almost better than some of the shows. Um, and you know, some people were really prepared. Other people weren't as prepared, but it was just, it was, it was just cool to, to hear the talent that, that would come through on that. And at that time, obviously, I know you don't do the, the auditions the same way anymore, but to be able to sit there and, uh, and you know, usually there was maybe a hundred people. At, this was at and this is when it was held at Lincoln Land um, back in the day. So, yeah. Okay. So, what are some of your favorite memories or roles that you've done out at Muni? Well, you know, I <clears throat> I was in a, a few few shows. Um, favorite one was probably South Pacific, and I think I'm going to get there later when you're going to ask a, a question about uh, the show must go on. But um, some of my favorite memories in 1984, um, I was president of Muni and we were one of the first uh, community theaters to be able to do Peter Pan. And uh, obviously we had the flying and Carolyn Flashley was, was Peter Pan. She was the Muni's first Peter Pan. Um, and uh, quite frankly, what had happened the year before was Muni had a terrible year. Muni almost went under um, after the 83 season. Um, I believe, is that the one you've got the, you've got the list there. That should have been the one with, is a little night music on that. And 83 no, night music was 81. The 83 oh. was King and I, Joseph, student prince. And okay. uh, Hello so, it was 80, so it was 82, 82 was the bad, was a really bad year. Um, you know, little night music wasn't the one I'm thinking of, but anyway, because of weather and the and the shows weren't very popular and so in 1984 media had been struggling up to then and then um financially and um we got to do peter pan and then channel three out of champagne came over and um did a feature on us on their 6:30 show and i can't remember the name of that at this particular point in time um but we just just killed it with Peter Pan. I mean, uh, this record audiences at the time and from, from there on, but, um, and then, so that was one of my, my favorite memories. And then later on and <laughs> my favorite role, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I produced Peter Pan with Tom Shrewsbury. Um, I think two other times, um, I flew Peter Pan one time, which was a lot of fun. And then my favorite role is I was actually Tinkerbell. Um, I, I, did, I did the laser from the pit, so I was I was actually Tinkerbell, but that's that was kind of a few of those things. Okay, so what are some of your favorite besides Tinkerbell? Obviously, what are some of the other roles that you've done or favorites? Um, I can't remember the name of the character in South Pacific in 1988. I was in South Pacific. It was um, Tom Shrewsbury directed that as well and I was kind of a late addition to the cast to somebody had dropped out and he asked if I wanted to do it and um I you know, had a few lines and I was with Pat Foster and um who else was in it? I can't remember um I'm getting old you know so um um but uh, so that that was a lot of fun but I you know like I said I didn't 
I was, I did have a solo or a duet um, in uh, a little night music. Um, but other than that, most of my, my work was either on the board as president or treasurer. I produced, I did direct promises, promises in 1987. Um, but I did a lot of producing and uh, did with Tom Shrewsbury and uh, I think I did with Rich McCoy and assistant directed with a few of them. Uh, Gary Sorensen was another one um, that um, he did the first Joseph, I think, out there in 1983. Yeah. Um, and um, then Greece. No, what he did. Yeah, he did Greece. He did Greece in, in 82, I think. Right. Is 82 the right year? Yeah, 81. Again, 81. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was the same year as Oklahoma. So, um, but anyway, so, um, yeah, so that, that, those were actually my favorite roles was were, were in those support roles and, you know, on staffs and mm -hmm. helping to decide uh, casts and negotiating with other casts that go on behind the scenes after auditions. And uh, so that was, that was a lot of fun. Okay, so you said you directed Promises, Promises. Was that, was that the only show you directed at Muni? Yeah, that's the only one. Nobody else wanted to do it, so I said, okay, I'll do it. Okay, what was that like directing that show? Of course, that's the Burt Bacharach and um, Hal right. David show. Right, we tried to modernize it a little bit, um, which um, the, the worst, and Nancy Diefenbach was the lead, Um and uh, I can't remember the guy that was the other one. But anyway, um, that took place in the wintertime in New York. Mm -hmm. And of course, as, as fate would have it, um, it was 110 degrees almost every night at Muni. Uh, That's probably one of the least um, uh, viewed shows audience-wise. Uh, and of course, everybody was in winter clothes, winter coats, winter suits, um, so that, that was kind of a, a disaster, <laughs> to be honest with you. But uh, anyway, but we had fun as a cast. We had a lot of fun with people. So Okay. So when did you get to be on the board? Okay. Well, the, the story behind that was in, in those days, and I don't know if it's still the case now, but each cast got to elect somebody as a special uh, board member. Uh, the following year after the Muni season. And so the Oklahoma cast um, elected me to, to that position. So I was, you know, just somewhat on the board, but not really. And then um, after that, then uh, I got put up to be on the board the, the following year. So. Then you were yeah. president in 84. That's, that's how I got on the board. I was president in 84, uh, probably treasurer in 85 and treasurer again, like in 87, somewhere there, I, I, something like that. But I, I served on the board um, over 21 years, I think. Okay. Were you president just the once? Just the once. That's enough. <laughs> So that one is, of the favorite um, phrases that we use a lot in the theater world is the show must go on. And of course that can mean anything you want it to mean, but in the case of this podcast series, I'm framing it as things that go wrong, uh, mishaps, choreography, um, mistakes, flubbed lines, 
wardrobe malfunctions, anything like that. Do you, does anything come to mind? Yeah, just one quick one and then another one. Um, I believe in Oklahoma, uh, Nancy Diefenbach was getting ready to kiss Curly and uh, she was in the middle of the song and then she opened her mouth and then flew a, uh, a big old uh, bug. And mm. so she had to basically put the bug underneath her tongue and then, <laughs> and then kiss Curly. That was kind of a funny thing. At least we knew it. Nobody else did. Then the other thing was in uh, South Pacific in 1988, uh, uh, Commander Harbison and uh, Pat, whoever Pat Foster played and myself were on stage and we were waiting for Emile DeBeck to come on stage. Um, so we were in the office of Harbison and, um, and so Emile DeBeck doesn't show up. So we just, we, we, uh, we ad libbed what, you know, we were trying to, to, uh, to decide the, the best course of action for DeBeck and all this stuff. And so DeBeck didn't, he went and did a costume change before he, it, before he was supposed to. So it seemed like it was about 10 minutes and Pat and I will talk about this even to this day that, um, that uh, it seemed like we were just ad living for 10 minutes until the Beck got there. But I mean, we, we did it. We, we carried on, but it was, it was a struggle. Uh, that, so that's, that's the one thing that comes to my mind in terms of the show must go on, but um, yeah. So that's that. So anything didn't anything terrible did it happen during Promises Promises that as a director you were just horrified? No, I don't think so. No, the, the you know just the worst thing about that was the heat. The heat was just I mean it it was just unbelievable. Yeah. I noticed uh, that was the third show, which I don't know how the schedule was back then, but you traditionally now the third show is usually the hottest because that in, that's in the hot of July. Oh yeah, that was that was the end of July. So it was probably a week after today would probably be about where it would have fallen. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was hot, and it never let up. Okay, so then one of the phrases that we use a lot in um, at Muni is the phrase "Muni magic," which means various things to various people it can mean just the special effects that peter pan flying out or beast transforming into the prince or it can just mean being enraptured into a story and being taken to a far off place what does meaning magic mean to you well to me it, it's it's all about the audience experience and 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 you know there are people that have been going out to muni for 40 50 years and there's a reason for that. It's the Muni magic. I mean, it's it's the it's the audience just appreciating what they're seeing and the professionalism and the quality of the shows show in and show out. That's that's Muni magic to me, and it it goes beyond that in that it's it, we are a community based uh, organization, and you've got people. I, I we used to say this all the time. Maybe everybody still does because I haven't been involved for several years, but when you think about the quality you've got, we've got people that get on that stage that could be professional. They could have made a living at it. They just chose not to, they did something else, but they still love the theater. They love music and they're, they're performing. And, and that brings the magic to it as well. Just the, the high quality um, 
you know, I'm just thinking one of the one of the good shows, great shows, was one that Gary Sorensen directed. Um, it was Avita in 1985. Uh, that was with Nancy Diefenbach as Avita and Russ Dunlap, and um, and that was that was a magical show. And um, so there's, you know, that, that I just think about I, I think about the audience and um, and when I was on the board. Um, and I was, I, I, it was like beating a dead horse, but I always liked to keep it family oriented. I liked our shows to bring out families and that's how you get people interested to continue your, your, your legacy is to get the kids involved in it. Now, that, that's, what's good about doing a Peter Pan or a, a King and I or whatever. And you, and you get, get the kids involved and they just, you know, continue. And they're, they're your people that, that come back 20 years later and, and are your best performers. But that that's all part of the meaning magic to me is just all of that. Well, that segues into my next question, which is about the concept of Muni family. And that literally has met families doing shows together. And if they're not involved in the production, somehow they're always front of house ushering, working in concessions, that kind of thing. Or, it's just the lifelong friends who become a second family. What does Muni family mean to you? Well, I, I two two things since you mentioned it. Both of my daughters have been in shows out there. Um, my oldest daughter, oh, what was the name of that show? Oh, her first show. I can't remember it, but she was in two or three shows. Once she was in Titanic that Paul Presney directed. Uh, and I was a producer. And then my youngest daughter was in um, the second Joseph out there. Um, so, yeah, so we they've all they've always enjoyed Muni. Um, but but the, you're right. The, the second part is just um, the people that you still see or you haven't seen for a while. I know here at our store. Uh, oh, it's probably been a year or so ago. Eric Huber, who was in one, a couple of the shows of, that I, uh, I was involved with, just came into the store. And then you, you can sit there and talk forever. There was a guy that was in a couple of the shows that went to New York and then it was back visiting somebody and he came in. And, you know, so you just reconnect and you have that connection. You, you know, you have that that same experience that you're drawing upon that that you can talk to people about. You know, it's people like Pat Foster that I see, Lee Steiner, um, Nancy and Jim Diefenbach, um, that, is, that you see. And those are just a, a few of them. Doug Hahn. Um, uh, so, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's all the family. That's family. Okay. I mean, you've kind of mentioned some of these people already, but um, who are some of the special people that you've worked with? through your association with Muni? Well, it, it, the first person that I think anybody should mention if, if they were ever around her is Florence Berchtold. Um, and, you know, there's the Berchtold building back there um, that's named after Florence. She was the, the guiding light. She was the steady hand that, uh, that navigated Muni for many, 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 many years. So she was a special person that I worked with from both being on the board and um, and just sitting back and watching the rehearsal with her. And, and um, you know, Tom Shrewsbury is another one. And um, he was a special Doug Hahn 
Gary Sorensen. I mean, these are guys I've mentioned before. And then um, a special woman that was a great choreographer is Susie Collier. I don't know if anybody's ever mentioned her in any of these mm-hmm. podcasts, but she she was a, she and her husband Dean were so much fun, so much fun. And um, but Susie was a very very talented choreographer. She was always one of the first people you wanted to sign up to do your choreography if you had a chance. What, one of the special people that um, had Muni had was um, Jean Rubley, who passed um, just shy of a year ago. And he was a special person who um, was Muni's biggest cheerleader, though he um, had no filter and would tell, tell <laughs> me what he thought. Do you have any um, Gene Rubley stories? No, I mean, I don't. I, I, Gene and I had a love-hate relationship, I think, more than anything. But it was, it was not really hate. I'm, I'm, I'm just, we disagreed a lot. He was obviously a trustee, and I was just on the board or president or whatever. But uh, we'd disagree on, on different management issues for the Muni, maybe, occasionally. But uh, we'd always talk about shows that were getting ready to go on the boards and and yeah like you said he didn't have much of a filter he would let you if it wasn't very good he would let you know it wasn't very good and that's for sure but that i mean that's what i have with gene and but but gene had the muni's best interests at um without a doubt i mean that's so but i don't have any specific stories about gene but he was yeah he was definitely uh definitely a uh supporter isn't even the right word but he was a very big muni advocate and uh yeah so it was it was a pleasure to have known him okay well then um the last question we've been asking people which is very deep but is important nonetheless is what makes muni special um, a lot of what we've talked about today, it's the people that, um, you work with over the years, the people that you enter- have entertained over the years. Um, uh, what makes me special is the quality and, um, uh, community-based organization. Um, and there, there's a lot of loyalty to the people that have been involved with Muni, either as an audience member or being involved in shows. Um, so yeah, that's that, all that makes it special. Everything, everything we've talked about today uh, makes it special because the memories that you'll have, you know, as long as I can remember, you know, um, it's, it's, um, that's what makes Muni special. It's just the, the, the community involvement, um, just being around the people, you know, it's always, it's always good to be out there and, and see the people and, you know, I can go out there and, and see a show and, and people will remember who I am and, uh, uh, you know, it, it's just always good. So. Well, thank you so much, Dave for um, spending some time with me. Before we go, do you have anything else you want to add? Any stories? Anything? I don't think so. I think I've covered about everything that, that uh, I can come up with. I, you know, uh, But um, Muni's, Muni's been uh, a big part of my life and my family's life. And 
um, and we're forever grateful for the opportunity. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And you have a good rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Muni Oral History Project. This is an ongoing effort to capture the memories and stories of the Springfield Municipal Opera. If you have pictures, videos, or stories you'd like to contribute to this effort, please email history at themuni.org. Your hosts have been Jacob Potty and Craig McFarland. Production assistance by Vanessa Ferguson and Jeremy Geckner. Special thank you to the Muni Board of Managers and the Muni Board of Trustees for their support in this effort. And thank you to all the Muni family who continue to help us create magic every summer.